The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Let's do this, let's do this, let's do another episode of the Shaken and Stirred Show. Tom Astor in, in, in the UK. Tommy, you're not feeling well. I'm not 100% nice this evening, no. Well, I hope you've got yourself something like a hot toddy or something to sort yourself out. Everyone, I'm Nigel Barker. I'm in New York. Uh, it's a blizzard here once again. Another snow day. My kids haven't been to school in, well, all week at all. Not even virtual school because of the snow, because of this. And of course, America itself is being hit by crazy weather. We've got people in Texas without power. It's nuts. Tom, how is how are things with you? Well, pretty much the same. I mean, you know, weather-wise, English, you know, rain sitting here in the drizzle. So like a summer's day, basically. Exactly. Neither one thing nor the other. We've got, we don't have, as you know, we don't have a climate in the UK. We have um, weather. We have weather. Yeah. I, I do love the fact that you're wearing a shirt that I believe I gave you. Indeed, Nigel. Indeed. You almost look like a mini-me, except it's actually <laughs> a, a, a sort of a larger version of me. I, I can't believe that you actually fit into one of my shirts. Yeah, double XL. Well, like, what are you drinking, Tom? As I'm not feeling 100%, I'm having a black doctor, which I would normally refer to as just plain, straight Coca-Cola that's very settling, you know, I find. Um, But I've decided to spice mine up with a bit of Sailor Jerry's, squeeze a lime. I mean, one could just call it a rum and coke, but hey, you know what? We're on a cocktail podcast, so I thought the black doctor was more appropriate. Fantastic. I don't think there's anything appropriate about that at all. But but anyway, um, I'll let you name your cocktail however you like it. I'm naming mine <laughs> the Blizzard. Check that out, dude. And ladies and gentlemen, you have to get a, You have to imagine this. The Blizzard is, a, is one of those classic cocktails. It's bourbon, it's cranberry, it's lemon juice. It's pretty darn simple. But I took it a step further because there's something rather annoying about the, the, the Blizzard is that it's bright red. Which, as far as I know, other than the blizzard I'm speaking to, Mr. Astor himself, there is nothing red about a blizzard. So I, I decided to get a scoop of the snow that is falling and actually put it on top of my cocktail. So I have an actual snow-capped cocktail in honor of our friends in Texas and you, Hi. Tommy boy. Cheers, my friend. Hmm. Now I've got snow on my nose. It actually tastes a bit like a slushy with the snow on top. I'm not quite sure I love that. Anyway, a little bit of booze news. Dream roll into some booze news. Rather fun little thing happened this just recently. It's probably been going on for ages, but you know how these uh, archaeologists like to announce things sort of several years after they've discovered it just to make sure that they can guarantee it's proof. Anyway, the world's oldest brewery has been unearthed in ancient Egypt. It is a... 5,000-year-old brewery uh, in a place called Abydos, Egypt. Uh, it's an, it, there's a, I guess they, they were digging in Abydos, Egypt, and they came across this brewery in what is otherwise, this area has been known for having sort of a, a, as a funeral area, an area where there are graves and what have you. And by all accounts, this particular spot, they discovered 40 earthenware pots arranged in two rows. And... Uh, Back then, the the Egyptians, in order to produce beer, would simply just mix the sort of grain and water and heat these pots. And uh, it's extraordinary. They were able able to produce 22, (laughs) check this out, 22,400 litres at one time. 
right? This is 5,000 years ago. I mean, this is sort of mass production factory brewery 5,000 years ago of beer in, in, in Egypt and at a funeral site. So clearly when people were getting buried, they were also, the congregation were having a drink and, uh, you know, cheersing them on to the, the afterlife. Not bad to be an old Egyptian, but clearly. Pharaohs had a thing or two going for them, as far as all I can tell. So it's, it's uh, you know, rather a fun little bit of booze news. Now we know, because I've always thought, when it comes to wine, you know, the, the Georgians in Tbilisi like to say that wine was invented in Georgia. And uh, well, that's the thing, it's a bit of an argument, isn't it? Persians, the Iranians like to say it was, but the Georgians from Tbilisi say that they're the ones who have the very first sort of pots in the ground, similar to this, where they were making wine. Although, and I'm sorry, Georgians, but Tommy boy, I'm not sure if you've ever actually been to Georgia. I have, and or whether you've tried Georgian wine. But if you have, it is not what like the wine that you and I are used to drinking. So they may claim to have invented the first wine, but they certainly did not refine the process. Fetid Georgian wine is probably, I mean, I hardly could drink it. And I listen, I love Georgia, I had a great time to police. It's not about you guys. But there is a reason why you drink your Georgian wine by the shot glass and shoot it down and, and buy it in the sort of multi-liter containers. Anyway, enough about Georgian wine. Our guest today is a chef, which Tom, I do believe we are becoming experts at actually interviewing chefs. I, I, there must be, there's something, I don't know what's happening in the world, but since 2020, there's a pandemic of chefs, FYI. Um, but this chef is a little different. You're gonna love this chef, Tom, because she makes things that you like to eat. This is not a chef that's going to basically tell you what not to do and how not to do it and not to eat too much of this and not to eat too much of that. Oh, no. This is someone who makes delectable, delicious things, things with chocolate in it, Tom, things with sweets and all the rest of it, delicious stuff. Tom has been dying with the types of chefs we've had on board. She's also an on-air food contributor, which is an extraordinary title, which I don't really like, and I'm going to have to change that for her, on the Today Show and currently has her own digital cooking show called Cooking. <laughs> with Dana Eats. Um, I just gave it away with the goal of sharing her culinary endeavors, food adventures, and passion for creating indulgent yet healthy recipes. Sorry, Tom, you heard the word healthy, just pretend you didn't. With her audience, her highly anticipated first cookbook, Dana Eats, love to cook it, comes out in June. Please welcome Sama Dada. Wow, that intro is honestly amazing. I would also love to know what you'd like to change my title to. If it's well, not on-air food contributor, I'm ready. I'm ready for something fresh. Well, Let's you know, on-air food contributor already does not sound delicious. It does not sound like something that, you know, I think a, a title needs to sound, uh, you know, connected with what you do. And it, and it sort of, it, doesn't it sound rather scientific and, and sort of yeah, technical? Yeah, for sure. It could use some work, I think. We will have to work on it. <laughs> okay. I will have to work on it. We will, by the end of this show, we will have a new title for you, Summer. It is coming to us. By the way, what are you drinking? Because we've all got little cocktails, and I hear that you don't drink cocktails, but you do drink something, I imagine. So there are a couple of things that I brought. I think the first thing you'll probably make fun of me, but it is, ready? A sparkling herbal tonic, lemon rose uplift. I thought we could all use a little uplift. And then, because I don't drink, but I do abuse coffee, I do have some coffee also, just in case to switch it up, you know? 
So f first of all, you have a half drunk coffee, which looks like it came from this morning. I had to prep for this interview with my energy, okay? So I had a couple sips, I will admit. <laughs> Selma, that does not look like a drink that you made for yourself. Are you not a chef? You know what, Nigel, this is my thing, right? Like, like you said in my gorgeous introduction, my forte is chocolate and baking and cookies and cakes. The drinks, not really my thing as much. Well, there is no reason why they shouldn't become. Leave this podcast now. I feel like I should be kicked off now that I just admitted that. Oh, no. Not on the contrary. You should hear, you should see the guests that we have on, on this show. Shocking how, how, how unprepared they are at drinking. But really? I do like the little cocktail mixing that is happening in front of us right now, Summer. I like the spirit, excuse the pun, on which you are getting involved in, in what we do on Shake It and Stirred, which is basically mix things up, shake things up, and, and make our guests feel incredibly uncomfortable, which is what we're very good at doing. Um, Tom specifically, who's feeling a little peaky, by the way, right now. So, this, you know, if he looks like he's actually sitting on the, in the bathroom, he might be. Tom, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm here. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm just enjoying your enthusiasm. Well, you know, it, it's it's snowing in upstate New York. Summer, where are you? I'm in Orange County, California. I was in New York for five years prior to coming home uh, in June to spend some time with my family and escape the pandemic. Hopefully we'll be back in New York soon, but I'm enjoying the vitamin D. I'm going to be honest with you. I know you're probably a little jealous. I'm sorry, it's a sore subject. I am a little jealous, although I do know that California has also been having a tough time. I mean, with the old pandemic and with the lockdowns and the shutdowns and all the rest of it, it seems like you can't, you know, can't hide, you can't get away. But the weather, I will say, yeah, you know how it is. New York, you've been here for five years. And by the way, it is beautiful and we get it. It's gorgeous. But like the people in Texas right now, it's also really tough. And once you get into February and you get into late February, you're at that point where you're like, Okay, now can we wind this up, please? When you know, you know, we've got the whole of March ahead of you. You're like, ah. I know that's one thing I don't miss is the winter, to be honest. But it does look really nice when you're inside and just like looking at the snow, it makes for a good visual. It makes for a great visual, and I you, we have so much to talk about with you because you are a bit of an interesting one. You've you 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 know you are very much on the verge. I think you're sort of you know you're sort of self-made in many ways, but you're also doing so many exciting and interesting things. And, you know, and, and I love the fact that you're a, bit, you're a photographer as well. And you know, you, you're a chef, and, but you c came into this in an unusual way. And I'm gonna sort of take you back a bit. And I, I read this uh, on your bio, but it's, you, know, you talk about how you went to England sort of at a, as a, for part of your high school. And of course, Tom is based in Oxford. I'm in New York, but an Englishman. And the one thing that struck me is that you said you put down your love of, of, of food and becoming a foodie from your time in the UK. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of like immediately choked when I read that, sort of wondering, well, must be because the food was so bad, you were driven to making your best, the best food you could possibly have. But it, no, it doesn't seem like that's what you're trying to get at. Uh, yeah, I was like, English food, get me out. I need to start cooking. No, it, you know, it's really interesting because I grew up in Newport Beach, California. So I grew up and I was, pretty much like the only Indian person I'd ever seen like in my town. So, you know, I think London really opened my eyes to a way more diverse palette than I'd ever experienced. And of course, you know, being so close to Europe and so close to, you know, other places in Europe and, and, and Paris and, and Rome and Spain, just different, you know, the proximity to other cultures and other cuisines was definitely very inspiring to me. So 
yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, I do credit London in that way for sort of opening my eyes to a more diverse palette. And I loved being over there. I do want to go back. So I think you were misleading then in your bio. I think you need to rewrite. I think you were somewhere along the lines, you're trying to be rather nice to the English and suggesting, you know, that, that perhaps they might have helped you. But, but actually, it's just because of the proximity to Europe. It's not the English food. It wasn't the toad in the hole. It was not the blood sausage. It was none of our delicacies. I will say, though, I've had some of the best Indian food I've ever had in London and some of the best Lebanese food I've ever had in London. So, so where are you from, Summer? My parents are from India, where I'm okay. 100% Indian. So, I, yeah, I've got a soft spot for, for Indian food, of course. Been growing up with it around me, cooking it with my mom, and then, of course, eating it out as much as I can, too. Whereabouts in India? So my dad is from Mumbai. My mom is from Chennai. But I've spent my entire life... I was actually born in London, fun fact. I don't think that was in my bio. That was not in your bio. Well, see, this is why I'm on the show, to give you these facts, you know? But that's why. That's why I'm trying to be nice to the English people. I was born there, so I do feel, you know, a bit of like a kindred spirit kind of thing going on. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess I came on here for you to rewrite my bio, change my title of what I do so I can basically go forth and, and conquer. You know what? I will do anything for the Indian community. So, uh, and, and I'm not sure whether you know this, but you know, I, you probably, if you've done your research, you might know, but both my parents are born in India, in Mumbai. And um, I'm in fact from, my mother is from Sri Lanka. So we are... Distant cousins, we, we are, one could say. That's why you'll do anything for the Indian community, and I guess. I will, the Desi community is my my people, as we like to say in New York. And it's it's funny, you, you must be one of three people of Indian descent on television, by the way. I, you, yeah, me, I, and Sanjay Gupta. <laughs> I mean, I mean they're, they're literally, there aren't many of us out there, so we've got to stick together, Stama. I've got your back. Thank you. That's something I hope to change, honestly. I, I think I hope to get, like, Maybe inspire a fourth person to join us, you know? Uh, absolutely. Come on, you out there. All of you in the Desi community, it's not that scary on this side of the camera. But now I see why. <laughs> yeah, you just really got to try and get there because it's not easy. So tell us, you, you, you said growing up. So you grew up in California. Your, your mom is Indian. You grew up in the kitchen with her cooking as well and what have you. Is that where your love of food started? I mean, what, what point were you like, okay, I'm going to get into food? Is that what you studied at school? I mean, tell, take us back a little bit. It was all a complete accident. A happy accident, I will say, but a complete accident. I did, you know, I've always had a love for food. I've always grown up in the kitchen with my mom. I was kind of the only one between myself and my younger sister who was like, yeah, like I'll help you in the kitchen with dinner, you know? But you know, my entire career in food was a total accident. I studied journalism and media studies and public policy at Berkeley. So I studied, you know, I thought I was gonna be in broadcast journalism, thought I was gonna maybe be like an entertainment reporter or something like that. But, you know, I ended up accidentally starting this blog just as a place on Instagram for me to put all the food that I was eating somewhere so that my camera roll wasn't like, getting super like clogged up. I was like, this is getting aggressive. Like it needs to go somewhere. Um, so I put it up on Instagram and it kind of just became something that I didn't even really expect. And I feel like that's part of the reason why I do have such a passion for it is because it was my hobby first, you know, I wasn't trying to make it my career, but it just kind of, it, it is what it is now, which is, I feel really lucky for that. So everyone out there realized that you, if, you, if you've got too many pictures on your camera, 
just put them up on Instagram and for, before you know it, you could become a professional. Although Tommy boy, I wouldn't put your pictures up on Instagram and become a professional because God knows you'd be arrested before you know it. I wouldn't know how to put a picture up on Instagram. Thank oh, God. I got you. Although maybe I shouldn't got you because I don't know what that content would look like for you. No. No, 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 no. Not unless you want your whole Instagram account to be taken down within minutes. <laughs> Moving swiftly on from Tom's camera roll. <laughs> you know, listening to your career, though, it's interesting because you talk about you wanted to be an entertainment reporter and all the rest of it. But you sort of went on the, on the Today Show, working on the Today Show, but as a behind the scenes, actually, right? And, and I, I listened to a few of your interviews and they, even some of the presenters int introduce you as quite fondly because they know you as, as not necessarily the food contributor at that moment when they first start introducing you, but as someone who they worked with in other ways. But then, of course, they sort of introduce you now as this person who's cooking with them and, sh and become this food contributor on the Today Show. W was that your big break? How did that happen? How did they connect the dots and say, Dama, we want you on? I would say yes. I mean, that was just truly an out-of-body plot twist moment. I was working at the Today Show as a production assistant. So I was waking up at three in the morning. I'd go to work at four. I was in the control room. I was writing the show script, the rundowns. I was, you know, I was running scripts to the talent. So to Savannah, Hoda, all of them, I'd be like literally like sprinting up the stairs, running them their scripts and working behind the scenes for the whole day. And then I would come home and I'd cook. I'd cook for myself. Then I'd cook for my Instagram. I'd post photos trying to go to sleep at eight so I could do it all over again. And at some point, you know, at that, while I was working there, I had a pretty decent following already, um, which was kind of a, a product of me sort of doing this side hustle, I guess you could say on the side. And the producers took notice of it and were like, one day, just why don't like, why don't we book you on the show? Like, why aren't you a guest on the show? And here's me, right? Like, I'm very, I'm the type of person that's very cucumber cool on the outside. Inside could be freaking out. You'd have no idea. I just like fully lost it internally on the outside. I was like, yeah, like I would love to, you know? And then from there, it just, I started getting booked as a guest while I was doing, you know, my PA job. So I'd have to take a day off of my PA job to be on air and then go straight back to my desk right after I was done. So, you know, I think that was definitely a moment where it was like, I had thought at some point that I would be hopefully on TV if my career went well and in broadcast journalism or something else. And I just never expected to merge it in the way that it did with both, you know, my two passions, just like media and food as well. Uh, do you buy any of that, Tom? What? Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I believe any of it at all. I think that she completely working behind the scenes, writing the scripts for Hoda. <laughs> Either way, I wrote myself into the I, show. She can think about it. It's just logical. I mean, she's a smart Indian girl, for God's sakes. Went to university. Not going to do a blog. She's going to be, no, no, no. I'm writing the script. Hoda, read this. I was at the bottom. I couldn't do anything. But I, was I like, can see it now. I love it. I love it, Summer. It's very good. It's very good. I gotta say, I'm gonna give it to you, people. Listen, what listen to her, everyone out there. You get a job, you write yourself in, you write your role. It's one of our famous questions. We're gonna to get to it at last orders at the end of this show. What you know, but, but this is brilliant. I love this. Written herself in. That's how Tom got on the Shaken and Stirred show, by the way. Oh, really? Uh -huh. I was just trying to think about Nigel's career on America's Next Top Model. It's not dissimilar, is it? It's the same thing. He's always trying to create roles for himself. And you wrote himself too, right, Nigel? So uh, well, I, I tried to get myself written off many times. 
I don't know written on, but you know that that was that was a, it's a completely different story altogether. You know, those were times when there was no records and there was no social media. There was no Instagrams or Facebooks or Twitters. So I didn't, you know, it was all hidden. Yeah. There'll yeah. be no evidence, no, 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 no crumb trail for me, Summer. Evidence in the head, in the brain. We remember something in the brain. That's for sure. Um, probably too much cocktailing. But your name, Summer Dada, Dada. Where does Dada come from? Um, well, my name is Arabic, actually. That's why I was wondering. So I did. So I was wondering that you mentioned Middle Eastern food earlier. And that's why I said, "Where are you from?" And I asked my producer because I, I, you look a little, you almost look. Um, I would say Middle Eastern a little bit too. Yes, I am a little ambiguous. Um, I definitely get that a lot. I get Persian a lot. Really, a lot of things, but Indian. Honestly, <laughs> I don't get that a lot. But yeah, my name is Arabic. It means forgiveness. So if I feel uncomfortable, it's okay. I'll forgive you guys in this podcast. That's what we need, Tom. <laughs> it's finally come to it. Where one of our guests has actually forgiven us. <laughs> By the way, the podcast is not over yet, so we'll take the forgiveness now while we can. I'll pace myself. It's almost too late, Summer, actually. You've already done it. So we're just going to take this and we might just wrap it on that, actually. It's been a wonderful guest. Now, Summer, I love it. You know, we share something in common because my kids call me Dada as well. That is, in fact, my nick. That's my name because I am a dad. So I go under Dada as well. So when I saw, you know, our guest is called Summer Dada, I thought we have something in common right away. Not only are we both Indian, but we both like kind of share the same name. <laughs> isn't, that a, isn't that a coincidence? That's what happens on, on television, by the way, everyone. We're all the same, and we have one name that we go by. Dada Eats. Yeah. What made you pick your last name to connect with your with the thing? Why not Summer Eats? Like I said, this whole blog was an accident. I really like was eating ice cream in New York one day. I was interning actually at CNN for a summer right before my senior year of college. And I was like, you know what? This is going to go somewhere. Could have been the food contributor on CNN, FYI. Could it? I, is there one? Oh, well, there, I guess they do have some food centric travel shows, maybe in my future. Who knows? I see it. Really, it was just my, my last name felt cooler than my first name. And it honestly wasn't anything more exciting than that. And I was like, this isn't good. This is for me. You know, I, it, I didn't really think anyone else was going to care about it. I kind of thought people were going to judge me for it, honestly, but I didn't really care. <laughs> I did. Really? Did you judge me? Of course. Oh. I mean, my name is Dada. And, and, and all of a sudden, you took my name and called it Dada Eats. I mean, now I, what am I supposed to do when I want to do my food blog? Actually, that is the point. I'm actually a Dada. That's an issue. And it's I'm a serious sorry, issue. The account is verified now on Instagram, so you can't have it. Sorry. It's okay. I'm going to say mine's going to be called Dada Eats More. <laughs> actually, not bad. We'll have you to concentrate on something, Nigel. If you're going to be Dada Eats More and I'm Dada Eats, just don't come out with a Dada Eats More cookbook because that would be like a little confusing. No, Dada Eats Less in that case. That'll be my diet cookbook. <laughs> so tell us about your cookbook. Let's get on to that. You're, you're about to release your first cookbook. Congratulations. I love the name. Dada Eats Love to Cook It. I got so confused by the name, to be honest with you, because when I read it, read it together the first time, I'm like, Dada Eats Love to Cook It. I'm like, who, who copywrote that? Yeah. So it, so I will say Dada Eats is kind of like, I initially just wanted to call the book Dada Eats and just move on with my day. Cause I was like, you know what? I can't even think of a more exciting title. Like not like Dada Eats is that exciting. I'm not trying to give myself that much credit, but at least it would be recognizable. Right. And then we, with the publisher and all of that, they kind of wanted a little 
mini cute title to capture people's attentions. When I tell you it was the bane of my existence to think of this title, everything I thought of was horrible. And it was the last thing I did before this book like went to print was think of love to cook it. And it's really just because I say, oh, we love to see it. Oh, we love to do that. And I was like, okay, love to cook it. <laughs> Let's chip it off. But yeah, it's, it's really exciting. I, I feel super lucky. I've been working on it for two years. Um, I just kind of announced it this year in January. And it's going to be, you know, 100 plus plant-based recipes that I have created and developed. And it's, it's kind of an everyday sort of cookbook. So I don't want people to be like, oh, ew, like vegan food? Oh, come on. Like, I want it to be something that's very everyday, easy, fun ways to prepare vegetables inspired by my Indian spices and and Mediterranean flavors. So it's got a a lot of stuff in there. I'm really, really excited. Are you a vegan? I'm not a vegan. I do eat more vegan. Like I eat vegan-ish. I eat more plant-based. I would say vegetables, beans, nuts, seeds, fruits. That's kind of the majority of my diet, but I do eat fish and eggs currently. I'm always experimenting with my diet though, because I think it really informs the way I cook. So, you know, if I'm like not eating meat one week or not eating fish another week, it's like, okay, how can I make, you know, my food a little bit more interesting? So it definitely has kind of always been that way. I've experiment with that. And right now I'm in a, a fish and eggs and no other meat dairy product phase. I now see what's happening, Dana. You're the sort of younger, prettier, with more hair, female version of me. Last week myself. I mean, literally. I mean, it's, it's shocking I what's were, happening here. I'm being, I'm being replaced, Tom. Are we kindred spirits, Nigel? And, you know, I, I mean, because I'm a pescatarian too, and I'm, but I mostly, mostly a vegetarian and borderline vegan with a lot of things. And I, so when I saw this book, and I, because I'm always looking for especially plant-based recipes, and and you know what? It's funny when it comes to sweets. Yeah. So much of it is, you know, using dairy a lot of the time, and and you, and also just using unrefined sugar. And, and I, I really got into your Instagram, and so everyone out there, you've got to check it out. I mean, Dada eats is ridiculous. I mean, it's first of all, you are clearly a good photographer, and we're going to get into that separately because I know how to make anything look good in a picture pretty much. And so I know how one can kind of slightly get away with it. So I'm, I, I need to try some of your food to prove that it actually tastes as delicious as it looks, because you've done a darn good job at making it look scrumptious. Thank you. But um, you describe yourself as a recipe. Um, what is the word for it? You, you create recipes, you design recipes. What, what is the word that you use? Developer. Recipe developer. What, we haven't had, we've had guests who are chefs, cooks, everything on nutritionists, but no one's ever come on and said they were a recipe developer. What does that mean? It sounds chic. Do you like it? No, it sounds very technical and weird, but I, I wanted to know what it was. I'm Berkeley, Nigel. I have to add a little bit of nerd in there somewhere, you know? Seriously. I mean, you might as well just snort and push your glasses up your nose as you say it. You know, come on. I'm actually wearing my contacts for this interview, but if I did wear my glasses, I would definitely do that for you. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Well, first of all, thank you. That's really kind. I, I also, it's kind of a really cool thing to be able to bake without dairy, bake without refined sugars. And I think it creates, you don't feel like you're sacrificing anything. And I never want it to feel that way. I want people to feel like they're eating something indulgent and it just happens to be a little bit better for you. But recipe developer, yeah. I mean, 
I, that's part of what I do for work too. So I'll have brands or clients who will want me to create recipes for them using their products or using their ingredients. So it's kind of one of those things where when I was writing my book too, I was like, am I going to run out? Like, am I going to run out of recipes to develop, like, and to think of, but it's interesting. I now like dream about recipes. It's kind of crazy. I've gotten to that point where like, I'll be like, Oh my God, a lemon poppy seed muffin. I'll wake up and I'll have to like write something down. Is that not what a chef is? I mean, is that not what chefs do? I mean, you, I know you're calling yourself a uh, you know recipe developer, but it's a sort of it's a technical term for for a chef, right? I mean, a chef will go in and see what's in season, or and, and smell and know that know have a sort of a library of the scents, smells, and spices and herbs in their head, and be like, if I added this, I put that. What does it need? They taste it and they go oh, it needs some more tarragon or some dill or I'm going to put some more pepper or a squeeze of whatever it might be, right? And that's essentially what you're thinking of. You're making these things up. Totally. I mean, and I guess the difference too is that I have never really worked in a restaurant. So I am self-taught and I, you know, do all of this from my own kitchen. So it's a little bit more technical in the sense of where I'm not really like dishing out like dishes to you know a a busy restaurant but at the end of the day yeah it is very similar and because I cook for a living I can call myself a chef but um yeah outside of the restaurant for sure which is why it's got that technical not so cute recipe developer name I mean do you wear like a white lab coat when you make these when you're doing this I was just curious is this an apron or a lab coat I am so unprofessional no I don't wear an apron I don't even use a stand mixer. I want everything. And it's kind of on principle because I want everything to be super approachable for people to make. So it's like, I'm not going to ask you to like spend hours in the kitchen. If I won't even spend hours in the kitchen, I want it to be super easy and flavorful and delicious, but without expending like your entire life in the kitchen. But no, I should wear an apron though. I really messed up a lot of my clothes. Tom, it sounds like cooking with you. Oh, oh. You still there, Tom? Hello. I am. No, I'm just listening to your, um, I, I can just see, did you see um, Sam on the way now suddenly, suddenly expanding on sort of being a chef and he's, he was, I could see his mind working and he was fitting himself into wondering whether he actually could follow in your footsteps and create an entirely new career for himself. Just trying it out, trying it out here. What do you think, Nigel? You're a great guy. I mean, Nigel, the thing is, Nigel's a great cook and, and cooks with, you know, can chuck a, can chuck anything together quite quickly, which I'm always rather jealous about because when I cook, it takes me out. I, if I follow a recipe, I'm, I'm very sort of fastidious and it, it does take me hours and I can't, you know, I do have to follow it. It doesn't, you know, I, I have to have the recipe in front of me. I can't and believe I just got a compliment from the snapper. He uh, actually said that I, you know, that I can whip, I can chuck, actually, I think he said, chuck anything together. Which is podcast good luck charm. And absolutely, I'm like chucking, chucking things together is is how I like to cook, actually. And 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 thank you, Tom, because I appreciate that I that you that you like my cooking skills, that I can chuck anything together. And luckily, all I can say is, is, is as good as I can chuck something together. Tom is very good at eating it, so um, you know he eats thank it you, as fast as I cook it. A good pair. <laughs> We, we, I know we're a great pair. We're a great couple, and and, and absolutely, I, you know, a, I've tried, I've tried to do cooking shows. Summer, I have pitched myself. I even came up with an idea called, and I'm going to give it to you. I want you to run with it, okay, Summer? You got to write this down. You got to, yeah, this is what you've got to do. It was called Spice Wars. Spice Wars? 
yeah, Spice Wars. And it was, it's, you go out there and it's about the spiciest food in the, in the world. And what do we love about the hot sauces, the histories of the hot sauces? Where do they come from? The you know that show, will you bring me on? I, I want to, you to do it. You want you, me to do it? I'm giving it to you. I'm handing it to you on a platter. That's really good. I mean, I love, I mean, I love spicy food, but I'm Indian. So it's part of my DNA. I mean, you are too, obviously. So no, but listen, you are Indian and you're whatever you call yourself a recipe developer, for God's sakes. Uh, I mean, think about it. You go and pitch it to the Today Show. You want to do Spice Wars. You're going to go all over the United States and talk about the horrible spices that they have in those ridiculous bottles in the delis. And, 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 and where do they come from? And why do people like Tabasco? And why do people like this habanero sauce? And why do they like this chipotle sauce? What, I mean, there's so much to it. People love spice. And then, of course, with your heritage, I mean, come on. Why are you giving it to me, though? Because we're kin. It's tried and failed. <laughs> so will you think I'll do better? We're kin. Okay. I feel, you know, simpatico. You know, so I'm like, I want, you know, yes, and of course I'm trying to repitch an old idea that I've already failed on getting once. But oh. anyway, I think you, on the other hand, are far, far more likely to get this one going. And when you do, just remember... Remember me, the original Dada. <laughs> okay. I mean, listen, I hate to burst your bubble, Nigel, but like Dada is not your last name. That is simply a fond term of endearment that your kids call you. So it, it is true, but it's not my last name. It is in fact my first name. Oh, sorry. Okay, now that clears it up for me. I am Dada Barker. <laughs> I think we could do this show together though. It sounds pretty pretty cool to me i i do too i i was actually thinking that perhaps we get rid of tom and it'll just be you and me on the shaken and stirred show going on from now on out actually should we i honestly i think i could be a good co-host to a podcast yeah but you don't drink so probably not you might have to change the cocktail element to that's it tom that's it my new podcast it's going to be called dada drinks <laughs> I know I should start drinking. It'd be more fun, but it's okay. Well, Dada, Dada drinks with Dada who doesn't. I mean, come on, you're not thinking this through, Nigel. You're like, this is why we we've ended up doing a cocktail podcast, you know, an how, RA. How can we kick Tom off? He has all the good ideas. He does. That's why I actually keep him around. You know, it, it's not just because he's incredibly easy on the eye. It's also because he's got lots of brilliant ideas. Well, I've been here for ten minutes and I already figured that out. We're trying to kick him out. Come on. I know. I know. I'm but here. He's far too good to keep behind the scenes. So I had to bring him out. You know, luckily, this is a podcast. And although, you know, there, is, there are glimpses of, of, of him, you know, it, it's, it's really a bit more of a sort of snuffleupagus situation happening here. <laughs> I love that. Oh my Let's God. talk about some food before we get into your photography. I, I'd love to know, because you're a bit of an expert, clearly, and I'm confused. I have recently, and I want, if you don't know, it's fine, but I thought I would ask because, you, you know, I like to ask some, I mean, I've got someone who knows what they're talking about on the show, oat milk. Mm -hmm. I love oat milk. Me too. Well, good, thank God. But people are now telling me, we've had various nutritionalists on and what have you, they advise against oat milk. I mean, is, there, is it bad for you? Is it, what is wrong with, with oat milk that people are, I mean, again, there's so many new milks out there but perhaps it isn't shocking that some of these things may not be best in, in, you know, for you uh, just because they replace dairy. 
But what is your take on oat milk? So, yeah, I think there are so many dairy-free alternatives these days. The cheeses and the oat milks and the cashew, pistachio, like literally everything is is now either milked or in a dairy cheese. But I mean, when it comes to oat milk, I think the reason that people probably say it's not like the best for you is that they do add some like oils and preservatives to it to like keep it tasty and keep it fresh. So, of course, that's not like the best thing for you. But kind of my whole mindset on everything is that like, as long as you're not like chugging like seven gallons of oat milk every single day, like you'll be fine. Like what if you put a splash of it in your coffee or like whatever it is, I'm, I'm kind of all for like a more balanced, like moderate mindset. Cause I think if you cut everything out and, and trust me, I've also been at the other end of that spectrum where I'm like, Oh my God, like this has an ounce of like grapeseed oil in it. Like I'm not going to touch it, but it's like, what's the point? You know, I think there's a time and place for everything. Well, you know, I, I would say if you can't tolerate dairy, it's better for the environment that you don't eat dairy, but you know, vegan cheese does have a bunch of, of random stuff in it. And that just is what it is, but it's great on occasion. That's my take. I love it. I want to get into vegan cheese. Tom, have we lost you? Yeah. Tom looks like he might be gone. (laughs) Tom looks like he might have actually died on the podcast right now. His screen went completely black except for one little tiny square of white. Which I've never actually seen happen before on a Zoom, ever. But I'd love to know as well, junk food for you, healthy junk food. Is there any healthy junk food? Gosh, you know. Do you eat junk food? Are you a junk food eater whatsoever? I eat pretty healthy. I would I eat like probably weirdly healthy, but because I enjoy it, not because I'm trying to eat super healthy. But I, of course, like a good chip. I love a chip. My favorite are the Siete grain-free chips. Have you ever had those? I've not had them grain-free. So what does that mean? So they make it out of cassava flour and I think coconut flour, but they are actually really good. So I love a good chip and guac situation. Chip and guac situation. I like that. I don't know why I said one chip. Like <laughs> one chip. Is my I like chip. a good chip and guac. You know, you missed a lot, Tom, while you disappeared from the show there for a hot second. Your audio is not on, though, Tom. So we can see you. You look beautiful. And I love the fact that you've got a fingerprint over the lens. Ah. It's giving it a nice, oily, sort of Vaseline lens look. Reminds me of sort of 1970s porn, which I never watched, but I've heard about. They used to put like a stocking over the lens and it would create this sort of... filter. Vignette, exactly. No, it's wonderful, Tom. It's wonderful. It's sort of sparkly and softens your skin and everything else. But uh, we hear you now. Okay, well, sorry. No, I had a power cut. The whole house went down, so everything went out. Doesn't help with the wife. Simple solution, Tommy boy. You've got to actually pay the power bill. But um, just call me after and we'll talk about it. We'll we'll, we'll sort it out, you know. Wait, chip and guac. Sorry, I came in on that. That sounds delicious. I just said chip and guac, like one singular chip. But I retracted it. Chips and guac is what I meant. Which apparently is her go-to junk food, which I was like, that isn't junk food. I was thinking more like McDonald's or Wendy oh, or the In-N-Out place or whatever that thing is called. I, I used to love an In-N-Out burger. I'm not going to lie. Like that was definitely a thing in high school, college. But now I know too much. You know what I mean? Like I know too much about food and I know what's in all that stuff. And now I can't partake but you know but you can't you can't go in and yeah. offer to recipe develop for in and out burger Thank by you. the way we're offering 
chip in guac at the In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> They're like, who is this vegan chick? We don't want her. <laughs> hey, you'd be surprised. That's what they're all about these days. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But I guess I guess if we're talking fast food, no, I don't really eat fast food. Is that sad? I mean, I think I'm fine. I, feel I good. think you're fine too. I don't eat it either. I'm just curious. I'm always curious. My kids have got into it recently and I'm trying to persuade them not to. It was a Post Malone or someone who did a burger with McDonald's and all of a sudden my kids were eating McDonald's for the first time ever because of Post Malone. And I'm like... All right, mate, you were, you know, like halfway like your music and really don't like your tattoos. And now you're making my kids eating junk food. Well done. <laughs> Hope you're proud of yourself. Please kindly leave. But no, I mean, if they're kids, like I, I ate fast food growing up. I ate a bunch of Taco Bell. So there you go. So they grow out of it, which is good, good news. So on that note, though, too, before we leave the subject of junk food, and you kind of brought it up on your last, before this last comment, you talked about grilled cheese for a second there or, or cheese sandwiches. Yeah. How does one make the perfect grilled cheese? And I know this isn't a cooking show, but I just verbally, if there's, what is the best cheese? What is the best bread? Should what? And I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's one of those things. It seems simple enough, doesn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a classic in every deli. It's a, a Tom's lost his power again. Yeah, but I'm on my 4G phone thing, so it's fantastic. And actually, you look quite nice like this when it's all That's hard nice. and hardly see you. I like it like that. It's really good. Um, what, it, what for you is the best grilled cheese? Well, okay. So yeah, I am mostly dairy free. So I don't eat real cheese. I do eat vegan cheese. I would say that the perfect grilled cheese, sourdough bread, for sure. You've got my wife to- makes sourdough bread. You make sourdough bread? Yes. My, well, I don't. My wife does though. We have our own starter. It's called Mahildra. Oh my God. I need some. <laughs> we can give you some. It came from Alabama. Her sister brought it up. I mean, we've given it to loads of people, but ours is called Mahildra. And, and she's about, I don't know how old she is, but she's quite old, Mahildra, the original. And my wife makes sourdough bread on, on the daily, like literally every day. Oh, and she makes sourdough crumpets and she makes sourdough pancakes and you name it, biscuits. And you, it goes everywhere. The, the leftover, the discard, whatever it's called. Anyway, I, I've kind of, I love it. So great. We're on that. Sourdough bread. Yeah. When I come to New York, I'm going to come get some of your starter. You are welcome to come up and stay. How about that? Why don't you come over and spend the night and we'll have a sourdough starter party. I think That's it's fantastic. Awesome. I'll cook you Indian, Sri Lankan even. Perfect. <laughs> but anyway, grilled cheese. There. Okay, sorry. Yeah, grilled cheese. So definitely sourdough bread. You've got to butter the outsides and the insides if you want to. With go- what butter though? Because you don't eat butter. Um, I really like a vegan butter. It's actually made with oat milk. Have you ever heard of this? It's by the brand Miyoko's. Okay, yeah. I've heard of Miyoko's. Yeah. So I love their vegan cheese and their vegan butter. So I use that. Pepper Jack cheese is my cheese of choice. I love a little spice. Spice Wars. Hashtag Spice Wars. Love a good uh, Pepper Jack cheese. But Once- a vegan Pepper Jack? Or what are you talking about? Pepper Jack cheese. They have it. By Made by who? Miyoko's. Miyoko's does that as well. Yeah. Wow. I, you check it out. It's really good. I actually make pizza with their pepper jack cheese, which I know you're not like pepper jack cheese is like not common for pizza, but I'm like going to put spice in like anywhere I can. That's sort you of my. You've developed the pepper jack pizza. My recipe developed that. See, Tom, 
<laughs> no, no more chefing it up. We're recipe developing, people. That's what we're doing now on the Shaken and Stirred show. Can you recipe develop some Shaken and Stirred cocktails for us, for God's sake? <laughs> Make them, I mean, just, and we'll just add a little vodka on the side and it'll be all of a sudden, it'll be all good. Is that I did an event in New York last year for Valentine's Day. So it was like probably a year ago. And they asked me to develop a cocktail. And I just said, yes, because like, why not? I made a really good espresso martini. I didn't try it, but I made it. And apparently it was great. Why would you not try it? I mean, Dada, is this something is like religious or something? Why on earth would we not try? It did start up as religious, like growing up. That's kind of what it was. But now... Normally when you're a child, you don't drink alcohol. It doesn't have nothing to do with being religious. It's just simply illegal. Seven, like skipping out on the wine. No. Um, now it's more of a personal choice. I feel like I've gone so long in my life without it. I abuse my coffee. I'm like, good. But yeah, maybe my life would be more fun. Hey. <laughs> Dada, when you come to visit, I think we have, we're going to have to crack that cherry right there. We're going to be Bad making you a cocktail and boom. Oh, dear. Sourdough it's be Dada drinks is going to be the next book, people. You heard it here first. It's going okay. to, it's going to explode. Okay. Well, no, it's, you've got, all you've heard is Dada's drunk. So that's an improvement, isn't it? <laughs> and boom there he is there's his contribution to today's podcast people you'll be hearing that in the you know all over instagram later on <laughs> i love it i love it i want to dive into your photography okay. because you are a food photographer but you do it incredibly well and food photography is not easy and, and i you know coming from someone who's photographed just about everything over the years one way or the other i've done my fair share of food photography too and it is an absolute art form. And I think that you do an incredible job. I'd love to know, first of all, what got you into it, which is probably just the fact that you've had to, but I'd love to know a little bit more about it, but also what your vision is normally when you, what, what are you looking for? And I, of course you don't have to give away your secrets, but you know, go, go for it. I, I guess I started it kind of like you said, cause I had to, but in, in a way where I really enjoyed taking pictures of the food that I was eating out, it wasn't necessarily the food that I had developed myself as of yet, you know, whether it was ice creams or burgers when I used to eat meat and other things, I just like really liked kind of like the gooey up close shots that are, that really grab your attention. And I think there really was a phase early on when I started my Instagram, I think like five or six years ago, when people were just like the cheese pulls and the pe like really graphic, right? Like really graphic food content. So I think it was kind of born out of that, but honestly, like now, food porn. yeah, yeah, really it was. And like, I think that was kind of where all of that kind of stuff started. But to be honest, even with my recipes, which are better for you, a little bit more indulgent, I always try and get like a close up of like a frosting or like the inside of a cookie or of a cake, something that kind of, no, no, it's, it's, but you, I love the way that you sort of say that it's better for you or good for you or something like that. But, but at the same time, you say indulgent, but you sort of, you whisper one and then say the other. And it's sort of slightly like you're sneaking it in. And I am. <laughs> you are, you are totally sneaking it in. And I, I, I'm not convinced that it's better for you. I do believe that it's not eating certain ingredients, which yeah. perhaps people don't want to eat or shouldn't eat, or perhaps it's better for you because. Coconut sugar is better than refined sugar. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert there, but I, I would definitely love to know how to make things with coconut sugar over refined sugar. And because I'm not a refined sugar guy, but all the nutritionists we've had on on this show, which by the way is many, they all go, "No, you must. Sugar is evil. Sugar is like cocaine. Sugar is worst drug in the world." It's sort of 
you know, and then we have Sama Dariyos who's like, oh no, coconut sugar. You know, like, let me rack you up a line. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> exactly. And listen, I'm not going to pretend like, I'm not going to say that sugar is the best thing for you and that you should eat like 12 slices of my cake. Cause like, I think in any form, that's probably not the best thing you can do for your body. But the thing is about using the ingredients that I use, like whether that's an almond flour or coconut flour or coconut sugar, they're unrefined, they're unprocessed. And because of the nature of the ingredient, like almond flour, just almonds, it's going to fill you up and it's going to satisfy you a lot more than a white, uh, white flour or white sugar, because that's just completely processed and it feels almost empty. So, you know, when you put in real ingredients, like an almond flour or a coconut flour or whatever, you feel a little bit more satisfied because you're getting the nutrition of that ingredient too. So that's kind of what I like to write on because yeah, I, I'm not going to say like, you should just like fist like coconut sugar. Cause like, it's better for you. And yeah, it is better for you, but still everything in moderation. Everything in moderation, Tom. There yeah. we go. We have to, that's something we have to learn both of us, I, I believe, but you're changing it from the photography aspect to the writing aspect. And I want to get back to your food porn because you do have this way of photographing the the food and you mentioned gooey earlier and it, it is that's exactly right i mean i literally look at your pictures and i can feel the heat i can sort of feel the the sort of dribbling caramel pouring yeah. down the side of the whatever it is the brownie the chocolate the sort of bubbly sweet chocolate melting and, you know, it's just, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's almost erotic. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, it's not just the way I'm saying it. It's like, you got to check out Dada Eats. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, what, what are you doing, Dada? I mean, it's like, is this what it's all about? It's come down to PR with amazing photography. I mean, because I, I was like, well, okay. You know, if this looks as good as it tastes, everyone's becoming a vegan. Okay, so here's my secret. You said not to spill secrets, but I'm going to spill a secret. Please. Actually, I'm too. First thing, I take all of my photos on my iPhone. Wide angle lens. I yeah. get it. You're right in there. Literally just like phone straight up to the cookie cake. Works like a charm. And second tip, natural light. That's all it's about. It, it really is. Like I don't, and that kind of is, it speaks to everything I kind of do in the kitchen and out. I'm like very minimal. Like I don't have a fancy setup. I don't have a bunch of equipment. I don't use a ton of crazy kitchen tools or gadgets. It's very minimal. So for me, like the more I can make something approachable for somebody, the more I can make something like, oh, like you can take photos like this too. You just need your iPhone or, oh yeah, you can make like this cookie. You don't need a stand mixer. Just use your, your whisk and use your like spoon or whatever. When you get hired for a food photography job and you show up with your phone and they go, well, do, do you need hand with your lighting gear? And you're like, no. And you just open the curtain. Do you realize that's your probably your first and last job with them? <laughs> first of all, thank you for that reality check. Secondly, usually the food photography, you know, jobs that I'll do are for clients where I'm making the recipe. So I just shoot it exactly how I would do my own recipes. So it's not like I'm going to a set or a studio or anything like that. It's mostly Sama, I gotta give you a, I gotta give you another reality check. You've yeah. got to show up. Listen, as a working fashion photographer, right? We show up with a truck huge like sort of massive truck that, that has to back up going wah, 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 as it backs up and we open it up and I have multiple men who get out carrying all this stuff and laying it down tripods that take more than one person to open you know someone holding it in case it falls and then I, I just whip out my phone as well and take the picture <laughs> 
imagine. But it's all it's all it's all smoke and mirrors, love. The yeah. point is, is that they, people love fanfare. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. It's like they love they love the action. They love the scene. So I get it. You like your phone, but just hide it. Hide put, it. put the phone here and put a blanket over your head. Like you're taking, and then use like a, a, a. Imagine you're taking some grand picture like Avedon, but just use your phone. But just put a blanket over your head, and people will be like, "Oh my God, did you see what she did?" Yeah, that is what I should do. Although I do have a ring light now, and I do have a couple tripods, so that's where my my uh, glam comes in for sure. A ring light. Yeah. I'm sorry. Was that <laughs> was that still too much? I have one. Look, I have one here. I know. I see it. It kind of looks like the one I have. Actually, they all sort of look the same. Cheap and cheerful. 70 bucks on Amazon, people. That's oh. right. Ring lights, everyone can have them. This is actually my daughter's. I got it for her for her birthday for her TikTok. And I've stolen it so I can do IG lives. Yes, that's what the world has come to. I've stolen my daughter's ring light so that I can light myself on IG live. Oh, dearie me. Summer, it's been a pleasure. But before we let you go, we would love to do a little thing we call last orders on um, Shaken and Stirred Shares, a little rapid fire moment. And um, I think you're already very well prepared for our simple questions, but are you ready? Yes. (laughs) We're going to keep it easy because you've already kind of answered my first question. But um, favorite junk food? (laughs) Do I say chip and guac? Is that just- what he said? It chip in guac, people. That will be the name of the episode. We're calling it chip in guac. Note to producers, we've got it down here. Okay, herb or spice that you never use? I wouldn't say never touch, but I really I don't use paprika that much. I like it, but like I use other things more. Like I use cayenne more if I want some. I ask you, what is paprika for God's sakes? What is paprika? It's like, it's like K, it looks like cayenne, but without any punch whatsoever. <laughs> you don't like it either, right? No one likes paprika. You sort of put it on deviled eggs just to make it look pretty. I mean, what is it? Really aesthetics only. That's, that's honestly why I've used it in the past, is mostly just to like make something look cute. Hey, I'm all about it as a fashion photographer. I might start using it in my pictures. What, this is a good one. This is one of Tom's favorites. What gets your goat and what floats your boat? Um, I, fakeness, that really gets my goat. I can't even say it. I give up. I should leave already. That gets your goat. I just really don't enjoy fakeness. And I guess on the flip side of that, this is not even going to be related at all, but I love a walk. I love a walk. That really, yeah, like a walk outside, fresh air. Oh, walk. A walk. walk. Sorry, I thought you said a walk. I was about to say, like cooking in a walk. And you're like, and I love a wok. And I'm like, oh, okay, sure, whatever, a wok. We're going to cook Indian food in a wok. Sorry, sorry, I love a, a wok. A wok. Okay. There you go, a wok. Okay. Okay. We got it. You, you, know, you being a, a recipe developer, I thought you said wok. That would make way more sense because a wok came out of nowhere. A, a wok, literally a wok to nowhere, probably. Um, in the movie of your life, who would you have play you? There's this really amazing Indian actress named Deepika Padukone. Do you know who she is? Of course. Everyone knows. Do you actually? No. Mm. Went- well, famous. <laughs> Tom was like, mm-mm. Padukone and me go back a long way. Yeah, she, she just like seems lovely. I would have her play me. There you go. I'd be really generous though, but still, I'd, I'd take it. Absolutely. Be generous. I, that's what I like. 
Finally, okay. shaken or stirred? Let's say shaken. Shaken. I think shaken is a popular one, and I would go with shaken too. Why not? Shake things up. Dada eats. Shake things up. And good luck with your highly anticipated first cookbook, Dada Eats. Love to cook it. By the way, you can pre-order it right now. I've already done so on Amazon, although I'm hoping to get a signed copy sent in the mail as well. That's And um, you must follow her and watch her on the Today Show. And you can get her on IG at Dada Eats. She's wonderful. And she's just as beautiful when you see her. You will see her in my clips if you look on the Instagram, which is Shaken and Stirred Show, as uh, she sounds. And she, you're right on your game. Good luck with everything, Summer. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for putting up with us. You know, we enjoy ourselves. We have a lot of fun on this show. And it's, this is a labor of love for the two of us, old friends. And we like to have great guests. And we, we've, we've learned far too much about cooking over the past few weeks. <laughs> but we love it. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me to both of you. And it was so good to meet you both. Absolutely. Good luck with everything. And I'll be watching. Thank you. Best of luck. Thank you very much for listening. That is Shaken and Stirred. We will be back next week with another podcast and another fantastic guest. And uh, stay safe. See ya.